Welcome back to Plus Her, a Stepmom's Journeys podcast. I am your host, Anne Laurie Forbes, stepmom to two amazing boys. And on this podcast, I share my personal journey as well as the journey of other stepmoms to pass on lessons learned, tips, and any advice to all my fellow stepmamas out there. With every episode and every story shared, we aim to change the evil stepmom narrative. We want to get to know her, understand her, and appreciate her. Hey, stepmamas and truth seekers. I'm back. I'm back. I know I took a little hiatus, but I couldn't leave you hanging completely. We still have a few episodes left in season two. We have more stories to share. So I am back. And this morning is a special one. First off, happy Mother's Day to all of the stepmamas out there. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you for what you bring to the table. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Happy Mother's Day. And I hope that you enjoy your day and I hope that you feel loved and appreciated. So this morning I am talking to stepmom Alicia Meeks and we are talking about a stepmom's involvement in custody battles and intentional parenting. And of course, we always leave you with words of encouragement and hope. We covered so much in this episode. So grab your cup of tea and listen close to the story of stepmom Alicia Meeks. Hi, Alicia. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm wonderful. Welcome to the Plus Her A Stepmom Journey podcast. I'm happy to have you. And I'm happy to join you today. I'm so excited for this conversation that we're about to have. So let's just dive right in. Tell me about the beginning of your stepmom journey. Were you excited? Were you hesitant? Were you worried? What were those feelings like? very excited at the beginning of my stepmom journey because I only had one biological child, which is my daughter, and I had never had sons. And so I was very excited to have some boys because girls are a bit much sometimes. And (laughs) my daughter thought she was my sister. So many times we were bumping heads, but I was just very excited for something different. And um, also, I love my husband so much. I definitely wanted to spread that love to his sons. So I was very excited initially because um, that is one of the things that really made me love my husband is that while we were dating, he would get his children regularly and without force and that was something I wasn't really used to because being that my daughter and my ex-husband their relationship was kind of different like I had to kind of force him or you know it was many times when he didn't get her or didn't visit with her but my husband my husband currently he was having his children every other weekend consistently and that was just very impressive to me for a man and even paying his child support without force so i i really liked that from the very beginning so that was really something that i hadn't seen so i was really excited about that situationship and wondering how that was going to be for us but it quickly changed <laughs> shortly after we got married um because once we got married approximately a year later we were in court seeking custody 
of my youngest son, and he was seven at that time. And Mm. eventually the judge gave custody, residential custody, to my husband. So he was granted residential custody, and our complete world had changed. And so you know how sometimes people say, well, you know what you signed up for. No, I didn't because – I signed up for what I was thinking was every other weekend I was going to, you know, see my boys. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even more than that, but I didn't know that I was going to become a primary parent. You know, mm. that was something that I wasn't necessarily prepared for at all. So it's funny you say that because I, whenever I ask this question of what was the beginning of the stepmom journey like, the majority of the stepmoms are like, oh, it was like, it was exciting. It was great. And it's because at the beginning we're, we're excited because we don't really know the reality of what it's going to be. It's just image that we have in our head of what it's going to be like. But once we step into it, it it's different. Realize that our dream and the reality is completely different. But I love that you touched on the custody battle because I this is something I wanted to talk to you about today. Given your experience and challenges with that, um, I want to talk to you about stepmom's involvement in custody battles. So for many of us, at the beginning of our journey, partners are in custody battles with their ex, and that can present a huge challenge for the relationship. So can you share what was your experience with this? Like, how did the custody battles, court hearings, et cetera, affect your relationship with your partner? Honestly, I feel like it really drew us closer together because it was something that he was dealing with that I was well-equipped to assist him with because at that time when he was seeking custody of his son, and actually initially he wasn't seeking custody at all. He was seeking visitation because the mother was trying to alienate him from his our youngest son by withholding visitation. And so at that moment, I was working for the government in the Office of Adoption and Child Custody. So I was seeing custody and visitation court cases on a daily basis, and I was actually participating in them because I would do the home studies for the court. So I was very aware of my husband's rights as a father and what he did and did not have to put up with. And so when I saw that she was withholding visitation for no apparent reason, just because she was bitter, and I told him, like, you don't have to deal with this. Like, you have rights. You're a father. Like, you you don't have to deal with this. So initially he went to court seeking visitation rights, but some things transpired during those hearings where the judge felt it was better and the guardian ad litem because a guardian ad litem was assigned to his case. And a guardian ad litem is someone, for anybody who's listening that doesn't know, is a person that's unbiased that is assigned to the child. Um, basically to look out for the child's best interest. Most parents have their lawyer, and so this person steps in for the best interest of the child, and they give the judge their opinion on where the child should live when a child is too young to give their own input. 
So this guardian ad litem stepped in and highly suggested that my son live residentially with my husband and I. So the judge granted my husband with residential custody, and I feel that by me being by his side and assisting him so willingly, that really, really, really brought us closer together because you know how most people say, like, if you can't be with me while I'm down, I don't need you when I get back up. And I Mm -hmm. truly believe that's the way he felt like this woman right here, she's in the thick of it with me. And I know for a fact because my husband and I actually were talking about this this morning when I was telling him that I was being on this podcast. And I was talking to him and I was like, yeah, so how did you feel about this with me being so involved? And he was like, I wouldn't respect you if you weren't because this is your life too. It's going to affect your life too because if I got custody of my son or if I didn't, if I'm visiting or if I'm not, it's going to affect you in some way, even if it's just my mood swings or, you know, with him coming to live with us, that totally affected my life. Seriously, like right now, my daughter is now 18 and she's away at college. So I would have been an empty nester right Right. now, but I'm not. I have a seventh grader. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. my life is totally affected, and I'm with my son, honestly, primarily for the years that we've had custody of him, um, over five years we've had custody of him, going on six. I was with him more than either of his biological parents because my husband worked. And he was seeing his mother six days a month because it was just every uh, three weekends a month. So I was with him to get him on the bus, to get him off the bus, to do the homework because my husband was getting home after six. You know what I'm saying? So I feel that it brought us closer together. I definitely think that because of your line of work at the time, that was definitely beneficial for you to get involved because you definitely had some background information your husband's rights so it comes to visitation and, and whatnot. So it was beneficial for you because of the line of work you were in. But I do think that in other situations, it may not be so beneficial for the stepmom to get involved, depending on what the situation is, right? Um, mm-hmm. It could be very complicated and it may not be the best for the stepmom to get involved. But In your opinion, I mean, for your situation, it was beneficial, but in your opinion, in general, should we be getting involved in the custody battles? And if we are involved, like, how can we provide some support to our spouse during that difficult time? Okay. With hindsight being 2020, because I heard you say that, you know, the other parent can be upset and it can, and that was totally the case. I had to seek a legal no-contact order against my youngest son's mother because she was delusional. And, you know, she couldn't accept the fact that my husband had moved on, got married. And actually, you know, sometimes when you're just being you, I was very careful in the beginning of parenting my boys because I didn't want to overstep my boundaries. And so there were situations by me also being an event planner at the time, I just do things very big. 
that first year my son was turning 16. That's a milestone for most children. So mm-hmm. I wanted to do a 90s party and we dress up hip hop, and but I didn't want to overstep my boundaries. I didn't know what his mom had in store for him. And, and that's and, what I'm thinking, but that is where I'm thinking of if us stepmoms, we should be getting involved. Because does that mean if we do get involved, are we overstepping our boundaries by getting involved in the custody battles. Like that's where I'm coming from, trying to get an understanding of if we should be involved. I feel that it's kind of like a double-edged sword. Like mm-hmm. you have to go case by case scenario because in the example that I was giving, I stepped back to allow his mom to do whatever she was going to do. And it was basically hardly nothing. And so when he saw my daughter, Sweet 16, cruise to the Bahamas with 16 friends, he was feeling away. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, you know, that's what your mom planned for you. And so that was like a double-edged sword. So when it comes to the custody hearings and things like that, I think you have to just gauge the temperature in your home and in your marriage and in your relationship because if your husband needs your support in that way and you don't give it Mm -hmm. like my husband wanted it and so a lot of times men are not very knowledgeable of court proceedings and different things and so they want our assistance with a lot of things. And so if we're not able to assist them in some way, I understand what you're saying about overstepping the boundaries, but if your spouse needs you in any any way regarding any matter and you're not there for them, I think that would draw a wedge between you and your spouse. So what are some ways that we can support? That was my second part of the question. What are some ways that we can support our spouse during that challenging time of custody hearings? I think um, one of the top ways that I feel you can support your spouse is just being a listening ear. Because sometimes people just want to vent. They don't necessarily want your opinion. (laughs) So you can be careful in giving your opinion on certain things. I've learned that over these years. I, You know, it would be times in which I would give what I would do. Yeah, but you don't even know, like, you're not living this situation. Although I did have a custody battle with my ex-husband with my daughter, it wasn't this. So mm-hmm. what it took for me, the type of umbrella it took for me in my storm might not be the same umbrella for him in his storm that can protect him or help him out. So I think the best thing we can do is be a listening ear. And when you want to give your opinion, because I've said this many a time, so are you just telling me because you want me to listen or do you want me to give my opinion? Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so now you're giving me permission because some people think, oh, well, you brought it to me. You must have wanted to hear what I had to say. No, that's not not necessarily. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So sometimes you can just see if they want you to be a listening ear or do they want your opinion on certain matters and subjects. And then another way is to just be his peace. If Mm. you know he's having a 
tumultuous time with this lady and she's just rah-rah and conflict and a big headache, don't you be that. When he comes home, be his peace. Be there for him. Take his mind off of it. Distract him. You know, ladies, we know what to do. I love that because sometimes when you're in that situation, you feel helpless, like you want to help, but you're not sure how you can provide some support or some assistance and you just feel helpless. Like, how can I help my husband who's going through this difficult time? So I just love that you shared that, you know, be his peace and be a listening ear because um, he may not need you to necessarily do anything, but just Mm -hmm. listen to him when he needs to vent. I love that. I think that's amazing advice. Thank you for sharing that. You talked about peace, um, being your husband's peace. And it's funny you say that because, you know, my focus is always on the stepmoms and how they protect their peace and also how they find joy during the difficult times. So in a situation like this, you know, where you kind of, I guess, for lack of a better way of saying it, you have to be the strong one, right? Tell me how can stepmoms protect their own peace and sanity during this difficult period? Okay, I can definitely speak on that because that's something I've definitely been trying to do. Um, Unfortunately for me, my mom recently died unexpectedly. And so during my grief, I'm looking for um, ways in which I can honestly disengage. Like, you know, as a stepmom, as a mom, as a person, sometimes you have to step back. And it is absolutely okay to disengage. And I actually recommend it because when you're heavily involved in different situations and you're helping working through different problems and issues, that can weigh heavy on you, your emotions, your feelings, because you have feelings, too, as a stepmom. As a person, you have feelings and emotions, and there's things that you're dealing with internally, as I am, and sometimes you have to disengage, and it's okay. It's recommended because just like everyone I'm sure you've heard about putting the oxygen mask on yourself first when you, yes. if the plane goes down, if I am not okay, I can't help anybody. So I'm going to put the oxygen Mm -hmm. on me. I'm going to step back, do whatever I need to do to self-love. Self-love and self-care is necessary. So that's one of the ways that I think that um, by disengaging and taking time out for yourself, because you don't want to lose yourself in a marriage, in a relationship, in a stepmother relationship and a parenting Mm -hmm. relationship, even with my biological daughter. I had to learn boundaries. That's it. Mm. There we go. That's the third one. Boundaries. We have to create boundaries on how far we're going to allow the children to affect us, how far we're going to allow their parents, our relationships with each and every entity, your husband, your children, your their mothers. You have to set boundaries. It's funny you say that because one of the episodes we talk about the stepmom's secret weapon is creating boundaries, self-care and creating boundaries. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing I forgot to ask you is actually how did the custody battle affect your relationship with your stepson? Honestly, I just have to keep it real. And that's one thing, even on our podcast, The Family Dynamics, we 
ensure that we keep it real because mm-hmm. if it's not real, people can't relate. You know what I'm saying? I I just feel I have to keep it real. So honestly, I feel it negatively affected our relationship mm-hmm. and in a bit in a negative way. Um, I feel that prior to the custody battle. Both of my sons were very open to knowing me and loving me, and I was open to knowing and loving them. And even before we got married, out of the clear blue sky, my oldest son started calling me mom, and I wasn't even engaged to my husband yet. And I didn't stop him. I never told him to call me mom, but I never stopped him because that's how he felt. And... Shortly thereafter, once the mothers started knowing that my husband and I were moving towards marriage and things, one weekend, my oldest son came over and he called me Miss Alicia. And that was a shocker. So hold on. The one who was calling you mom just recently? Oh, gosh. Okay. That's, yeah, that's different. That was totally a shocker. He just. One weekend, he came home, and he was calling me Miss Alicia. And I said, whoa, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Wait, wait. Not even that we are out here um, saying, like, telling our stepchildren to call us mom, but just the drastic change from going to mom to Miss Alicia. There's a change in affection there. There's a change that happens. So it's like, where where did it come from? Exactly, and I knew where it came from. I mean, as we we all as adults, we knew that someone told you this. Someone told Mm -hmm. you to call her Miss Alicia. Don't call her mom. So I didn't want to put him in a a situation where he had to choose or decide, but I told him, I said, I never asked you to call me mom. Do you ever remember me asking you to call, call me mom? And he said, no. I said, so that is something you did on your own, and that was fine with me. And it's okay today. If you don't want to call me mom anymore, you can call me Alicia. You do not have to call me Miss Alicia. I am too young for that. Don't call (laughs) me Miss. Just call me Alicia, and that's it. You don't have to call me Miss. And so my youngest son had called me mom because the oldest one, When he saw my oldest son calling me mom, he just followed suit. And then once he saw my oldest son calling me Alicia, he followed suit. But Mm -hmm. personally, I feel that the custody battle with my youngest son and his mother negatively affected our relationship because, unfortunately, she wasn't the type of mother that promoted our having a good relationship she actually attempted to diminish it by telling my youngest son to come to my house and do certain things that were negative and to say certain things that were negative in an effort to disrupt our home. Yeah, and unfortunately, that's what happens so often. Exactly, and it's a shame, and that's why I feel like I have a totally different view on being a step-parent because outside of the fact that my daughter had to, well, has to have a step-parent, I also had a step-parent as a child. I actually had two because my, my father is on his third wife. And I will say that with 
my first stepmother, I felt that she only really cared about her children primarily, and she wasn't as focused on me and my sister. And there were things that I felt we weren't really involved in, you know, like they weren't inclusive with us. See, with and so I decided in my marriage, I if I'm going to be the best stepmom I can be because I don't want my stepsons, which I don't, we don't even use the word step mm-hmm. in our home. We use the word bonus. That's my bonus son or just son, you know. The, and honestly, the majority of the time it's just my, you've heard me throughout this interview, my son, my oldest son, right. my youngest and so because I don't want to show that division or separation and in everything that we were doing as much as possible, I tried my very best to treat my sons as if they were my biological sons because I didn't feel that from either of my stepmoms. They both, to me, seemed as if they wanted to just, you know, hands off. They didn't want to be in the mix. And while I see why they may have done that, it didn't really make me feel good. Absolutely. I felt like they were they didn't really care. And, and they both did care. You know, I know as an adult now that they definitely cared, but I see how it can be difficult to determine your place as a stepmom. So I totally get it. But I made a concerted effort, and, you know, I think my boys noticed it, and maybe, I, you know, hope, that's all you can do is hope. But I definitely tried to make sure they felt a part. When we were building our house, we didn't bring my daughter to see it until it was the weekend that we got our oldest son because the youngest son was living here, and we waited and bring them all together so one didn't know something the other didn't know. You know what I'm saying? And they were a part of the process when we were picking out different things when we were building our home and decorating their rooms. I wanted to definitely make sure that my sons felt they had a place in our house because when I was a stepchild, in the home in which my parents lived and then they divorced my father and his wife lived there with her children. And it was very difficult to come over there on the weekends and see her sons in our room. And we were in the basement on a let out couch. I definitely didn't feel like that was home. We were in the basement on the let out couch. I didn't want that for my sons. I want to make sure they have their own space, their own room, and it didn't feel like they were separate. Mm, I love that. You know, it seems you are so, not it seems, you're definitely so intentional with your parenting. You're definitely so intentional, and I love to hear it. So tell me how your relationship with your son is now, your youngest son is now, because you said it had negatively affected it when you were going through the court hearings, but you made a conscious decision that you would not be how you experienced, you know, your stepmothers. So how is your relationship with your son now? To keep it real, we have to keep it real. Um, I feel that the damage had been done, and it's been continuous over these um, five and a half, six years, um, because we've been married for seven, and we've had custody of him a year later. So 
five and a half, six years we've had custody of him. And I feel like for the first few years consecutively, that was the case. I felt that, you know, from the things that he was being said at his alternative parents' home, then when he would come back to our home, it was kind of like a reprogramming. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I do feel that he has been made been made to choose, not by me, but I do feel that he has been made to choose. So while I'm always here for him, I'm always doing as much as I can for him, and I love him, I just feel as though the relationship has been negatively affected by it. And although we have we don't have a a strange relationship, he lives here. So I'm seeing him every day. We're interacting every day. But I feel it could have been much different. I feel we could have been much closer. I feel that we could have had a stronger bond than what we do at this time because I just feel like He has a loyalty to his mom, and although he's now 13, my youngest son has special needs, and I just feel like he can't figure it out or how that he can love both of us. Mm -hmm. And, And that's why with my daughter, I encouraged her, and it was difficult because her dad ended up marrying the mistress. So it was difficult for me to encourage her to have a good relationship with that woman, but I had to do it because I didn't want my daughter to have to choose between parents and feel that pressure of, is this okay that I actually like this lady? My my daughter would come home like, yes, and she curled my hair. And while that would ir- might irritate my soul, I would smile and grin. Oh, okay, you like it? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so I encourage that, and their relationship is what it is, but it doesn't have anything to do with me. So if it's good, if it's bad, whatever their relationship is, it's all based on them. But I feel my relationship with my son is not based on how I have been towards him. I just feel that there's a wall. It just is. There's a wall where I feel he's been made to choose, and his choice is his mom, and that's where his loyalty lies, and that's fine. I'm going to always love him. I'm going to always be here for him. I'm always going to always do as much as I can, and that's it. That's all I can do. So what do you say to the stepmom who, like you, is so intentional, uh, loves her, her child, cares for her stepchild, is wanting to have a deeper bond with that stepchild? It's not reciprocated. She feels like she has to reprogram when the stepchild comes back home. And she knows that the other parents, you know, planting seeds of doubt and all of that, you know, against the stepmom. Like, what do you say to that stepmom who is trying so hard to have this amazing relationship and it's not happening. To be honest, I just feel the steps that I'm taking personally at this time, I have began to step back and disengage in some areas because through counseling, I definitely go to counseling, um, because we we are people. We have feelings too. And so 
a way that my counselor explained it to my husband, if you open the door for someone and they keep walking through it and they're not appreciative or, you know, they don't reciprocate the same when you are walking through the door, they don't hold it for you. You're going to stop at some point. It's not in a negative way, but it's naturally. It's just natural. You're going to be like, hold on, well, why am I going to keep doing this? And I'm not even appreciated, and I'm not. it's not reciprocal. And so I just feel that my term of the day is being disengaged, but to a, to a way that's healthy. I'm here. I'm never turning a cheek. You know, I'm not giving up, but I am stepping back mm-hmm. because it is for my own sanity. It is for my own emotional maintenance. Yes. So I feel that it's absolutely okay to take a step back. Be, You know what? Best example that I can say is take your cues from the child. Mm-hmm. So if today he wants to be more engaged with me, I'm engaged with you today. Tomorrow, if you don't feel like it, I'm not pushing it. You know what I'm saying? That's that's kind of where I am. If he wants to be engaged with me, I'm here. I'm all ears. What's up? But if you don't, you don't. And I'm not going to push it. I get that. Honestly, there's only so much that we can do. We come, you know, with the best of intentions. And we are trying to have these great relationships. We're loving and caring a child that we did not give birth to. And we come with the best intentions. But there's only so much that we can do. And it's not our responsibility to fix issues, right? Or to, you know, to fix the issues or to help heal the trauma that the child may have gone through. Like, it's not our responsibility. I think that as as stepmoms, sometimes we put too much on ourselves. And so Mm -hmm. that's why I'm I'm always talking about protecting your peace and finding your joy and all of that, because there's only so much we can do. You know, yeah, you want this great relationship, but if there's a wall there, it's not reciprocated. Like, what are you going to do? Keep torturing yourself, right? Like, there's only so much we can do. We have the best of intentions. And I'm grateful that, Um, I have a great relationship with my stepsons, um, but I'm also grateful that when I feel that I need to step back, my husband is understanding of that as well, right? I'm so grateful for that, but I agree with you. It's tough, but there's only so much that we can do. Absolutely, and I'm thankful that I actually have two stepsons, um, and they're two different ages. And so when we initially married, my first son was a teen, a young teen, and now he's 22, and I see the dynamic difference. Now that he's a young adult and able to unapologetically have a relationship with me, our relationship, our relationship is much different. Like, it's 100% better to me because he doesn't feel constrained by whether or not his mom wants him to. He's making our relationship dependent upon us, just Mm -hmm. he and I. And so I know that he knows my door is open. He knows I'm here if you need me. And I want my youngest son to get to that point where he knows that too. And it takes time you know, I'm here. My door is always open, but I'm no longer how I previously was. Thank you, Alicia, for sharing the challenges you face on your stepmom journey. Honestly, I always say that we learn from each other and someone 
who may be in the exact position that you were in years ago and needing some advice. By hearing your story today, you not only gave them encouragement, but you gave them some guidance. So thank you so much for that. Oh, no problem. That's what we're here for. Well, that's what I'm I'm here for. And I want to say we because um, this experience being step parents on three facets for me with my daughter and her step relationship, with my own step relationship, with my father's mm-hmm. wife, and with my relationship as the stepmom with my boys. Um, because of those things and my husband's experience, we actually have created a planner, which is called the Family Dynamics Planner. And in that planner, it educates and it assists parents that are co-parenting to come together, learn communication skills, and develop a parenting agreement. So whomever has our planner, if they complete each of the activity worksheets that are within the planner, at the end of the planner, they will have a parental agreement that is able to be entered in a court of law. And that's something they can have without seeking legal services because personally I spent $8,000 through my custody process. And so there's things I wish I knew and I wish I was able to, you know, figure out on my own without having to seek an attorney and go almost broke at the time as a single mom trying to pay for an attorney. So all of that information is inside of our planner. Say that that I'm here when you say it's a help. I feel like that planner is so helpful. It's things that I wish I had access to when I was going through the tip through the beginning stages of custody and knowing my rights. It's, it's, you, wouldn't, you, wouldn't know, you wouldn't believe how many people don't know their rights just as a mm-hmm. parent. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's amazing, the fact that you learned through your experiences and now you and your husband are trying to help others. I think that's so amazing. Mm-hmm. But I actually do want to talk a little bit about this, your platform, the family dynamics. You know, talk to us about the vision and the purpose behind it. Well, the purpose behind it is that very often couples, singles come to my husband and myself. I have a platform also called the Spoiled Wives Club. It sounds like something it totally is not. Off of face value, when people hear Spoiled Wives Club, they may get a certain feeling like, oh, these bougie ladies, that's just spoiled. That's totally not the platform that I'm developing. I'm developing a community for women to come together, and it's based off of the fact that I survived a domestically violent relationship with my daughter's father, and I was able to exit that relationship become successful on my own with my daughter as a single mom, and then God put in my life my husband. And when my husband threw me writing a book, I wrote a book, it's called When the Soul Cries, and it's a book that has 
stories of myself and other women to help other women that may be going through those things. And so when I was writing that book, my husband really dug deep with me and helped me through because you need someone that's going to help you unpack. And that's what he was doing, helping me unpack all of these things that I've been through. And while doing so, he felt that I had did so much for so many people. As a single mom, I was really killing it. (laughs) Honestly, I was doing great as a single mom. And he felt like he wanted to take care of me. He wanted Mm. to spoil me. And so that's where the Spoiled Wives Club came from with the family dynamics. The family dynamics is something that came about because my husband and I wanted to do something together. He is a motivational speaker. His name is Kevin Meeks, and he's a motivational speaker for co-parenting and a co-parenting coach. However, we both had our separate communities. But we are married. We wanted to come together to unite families and to teach better communication skills and to share our triumphs and our trials with others because I feel that it helps you and gives you hope and helps you navigate through this co-parenting situation when you align yourself with other positive persons that are co-parenting, other positive marriages, other positive people that are trying to have positive relationships with their alternative parent even, the alternative parent and or the the um, stepchildren that are in the situation. So we have a podcast. It's called The Family Dynamics. It's on all platforms. We're on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. And in those conversations, we're just keeping it real. It's just like a regular conversation between my husband and I, and we are allowing the listeners the privilege of just listening to our thoughts. Sometimes we don't agree on different situations because we're both different and we have different opinions. We have our own minds. So that's just basically what our platform is about, just trying to share our lives with others and hopefully help. And I do know that we've been helping people because I get a lot of inboxes and messages like, you know, wow, I didn't know you went through that with the domestic violence. Wow, I'm going through the same thing with my teenage daughter or my teenage son. So that's always wonderful when you can help someone else out. Absolutely. And I want to thank you for being a positive resource out there for other step parents, for other women who are wanting to be wives and for other co-parenting situations out there. You have created a positive platform. You're sharing your experience and people are learning, gaining hope and encouragement through it. So that is amazing. Thank you for the resource that you've created with your husband. Um, Lastly, you already told the listeners where they can connect with you. Thank you for that. So lastly, the Plus Her A Stepmom Journey podcast is all about supporting, encouraging, and uplifting stepmoms along their journey, all while we're sharing stories to change the evil stepmom narrative. So in your opinion, Alicia, like how do you think we can change that evil stepmom narrative? Just by exactly what you're doing, sharing our thoughts and our stories, giving tips, um, being a support system for other mothers that are stepmoms 
that may be enduring a situation that you may have been through or talked through with another stepmom. So I think everything that you're doing right now is exactly what you should be doing to assist other stepmoms in these situations. I think and I and I your your platform is amazing also. Thank you. Thank you. The support is crucial. The support is crucial amongst us stepmoms. Thank you again for your willingness to share parts of your journey with us today. Like I said, it's going to be a source of encouragement and hope for a fellow stepmom. Thank you so much. Oh, you're definitely welcome. Thanks for having me. I just have this feeling that you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Show me some love. Subscribe, rate, and leave a review. And spread the love with another stepmom by sharing this episode with her. You just never know. This might be the encouraging word she needed to hear. And lastly, let's stay connected. Check me out at Plus Her Journey on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, be blessed.